Welcome to Tea with the Changemakers. This week, I have the pleasure of speaking with Tracy Secker, who is the Enterprise Manager at The Haven, an independent charity which supports women and dependent children who are affected by domestic abuse. The Haven provides a range of services. However, what's really interesting is that Tracy is spearheading a movement to promote domestic violence support in all workplaces. She's called this the Purple Pledge, which we'll talk about later. Welcome to Tea with the Changemakers, Tracy. Um, could you tell our listeners a little bit about Haven Refuge? Yes, no problem. Um, so we're a domestic abuse charity. Uh, we've been in existence since 1973. Uh, we're based in the West Midlands in Wolverhampton. And uh, basically we support uh, domestic abuse in various forms. So Tracy, how many people has Haven Refuge supported in the last year? Well, if you look at the figures uh, for women and children within our safe accommodation, we supported in the region of 600. Um, and then total referrals into our helpline, uh, 11,431. Has the problem got better or worse in the time that you've sort of been working in this area You know, over the years? Is domestic violence on the rise? Is it still the same? What's your take on that? Um it's a difficult one it's not it's not got better it's not got worse it's always been there um i think how it's talked about and recorded is the thing now where it's uh coming to the forefront more you know we've been around since 1973 so it's always been there mm-hmm. um and over the years i think um the awareness around it the support has changed and the people that uh, feel more able to disclose as well is changing. Mm. Uh, what used to be called, uh, obviously, domestic violence, and it was considered it was just around violence, and we all know now it's not. It's domestic abuse. Mm, mm, exactly, Tracy. And it is the way that domestic abuse is reported and how much we have to have conversations about it, which, of course, will shed more light on the issue. Now, we actually spoke to domestic abuse campaigner David Challen, and uh, for any of our listeners who may not know who he is, I highly recommend you go and listen to episode 12. Um, we talked a lot about actually how uh, the language really does need to change. And, yeah. um, you know, he talked about people referring to relationships as perhaps being toxic, and it kind of was a sort of dumbing down of the of the of of what it really is and that is that it is abuse it's abuse and we need to recognize that coercive control for example is a form of abuse and it isn't just a sort of weakened version of violence um so are we seeing or are you seeing certainly over the years more people come into you uh, as a result of perhaps coercive control or perhaps um uh, recognizing that behaviors that were once sort of hidden um, and perhaps not seen as being abusive or violent, actually now being recognised as being abusive and violent. Domestic abuse um, doesn't always start, and certainly sometimes it isn't always there, the physical side. Domestic abuse um, includes psychological, emotional, it can u- include financial, economic, it can include technological. And as all those things are coming um, to the fore and being talked about more, that's when people are stepping back and realising that actually they may be in an abusive relationship. Um, and there's also 
um, the normalisation. Um, you know, that language is a very important one, maybe sort of normalising something or even minimalising certain things by how people are talking about things. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's only psychological it's only emotional well that's not only something that's a very big part of how somebody is controlled by another person and how power is used against them almost and as people recognize that more yes it's been talked about more uh, it's been seen more and not just by people that are being uh, subjected to it but also maybe family friends so a lot of the training we do in organizations it that's the reason we do it it's very important to recognize what's happening Mm-hmm. And actually, that leads me quite nicely on to something that you have been leading on, which is called the Purple Pledge. And it's a pledge aimed at employers and aims to tackle kind of that awareness of um, domestic abuse. Um, talk to us a little bit about the Purple Pledge then. What is it you're hoping to achieve with this? Right. So the Purple Pledge um, came into play last year, but it's it's grown uh, very, very quickly. Um, and the idea uh, originally was to roll things out within the West Midlands and to um, encourage uh, employers to have a domestic abuse specific robust policy uh, in their workplace, no matter how large or small the organisation is, and at least one domestic abuse workplace champion. So that is something very similar that sits alongside uh, safeguarding leads, maybe mental health first aiders, that is there to support somebody that wishes to disclose about domestic abuse that may be happening uh, in their home life, um, may be happening between uh, them and their children. So there is uh, child uh, to adult uh, abuse as well that we talk about and support people on. So it was around that Um, That has now led to a lot of national companies and other regions coming to us to to roll it out. So Mm. um, it's now grown into something very big where we're aiming to get out to every single organisation in the UK to make sure that they all have domestic abuse policies and workplace champions. Mm. Well, this sounds really forward thinking to get actually organisations, employers really involved, quite similar, as you said, to sort of mental health, first aid um, and other policies that we really do need employers to put into the workplace to kind of help you know solve some of these tough issues Um, and on the face of it I guess really some of those bigger organizations can can help make this happen what would you say to those uh, who are working in smaller organizations who also feel this is a really important issue but perhaps it aren't as big or or can't perhaps deliver the sort of impact you're probably looking for with something like the purple pledge Everybody can deliver an impact. Um, If you've got, um, uh, you know, even one, two, three, four people within your organisation, there stands a chance that at some point during their life, they've either witnessed, been part of, seen somebody else be part of domestic abuse. Mm -hmm. So what we've also done to make sure that we can reach out to smaller organisations, if anybody employs less than uh, 10 employees, 10 staff, we will actually offer them 
free resources. Mm. So we will offer them a free uh, policy and we will offer them free domestic abuse awareness and champion training because we feel it is very important. Part of our training is to obviously generate uh, funds that go back into our frontline services to support those. But the equally important part is to actually uh, generate awareness between as many people as we can do. So if small organisations think they can't uh, make an impact and there won't be any benefit, I can guarantee that if we start to do some training with their staff, somebody will disclose to us. Um, the figures are a lot higher than people sometimes realise. Because it's not talked about, there is still this stigma, there is still this taboo, and that's what we're trying to hopefully improve, make people feel that they can disclose and they will be listened to and believed. Mm. I think the Purple Pledge is a, a fantastic idea and, uh, you know, I think it sounds like you're going to get, you know, a lot of organisations on board with this. Um, I know that the Haven support women and dependent children predominantly and we know the stats bear out that actually most victims, most um, people on the receiving end of domestic abuse are women. But do you or do any of your programmes and what you do help um, victims who are male or identify as non-binary? Yes. Um, yes, our accommodation at the moment is um, to support women and children. Our community service workers, um, frontline staff uh, who support out um, to everybody, uh, support uh, male victims of domestic abuse. We also have close links, particularly in our local area, because that's where our accommodation is. We have close links um, to um, organisations that support males. Um, and we also, as well a part of a big network of um, organisations that like to support uh, each other and uh, victims, survivors of abuse. So we have links with um, people such as Mankind Initiative, uh, Respect, um, lots of these different organisations and that's all included in our training. What we have in our training is we don't just talk about one sector, one group, uh, one sexual orientation. We talk about everything in our, our training. Mm, that's great. As male victims of domestic violence don't often get spoken about as much. And I think there is quite a lot of stigma out there. So to speak about it is incredibly important. Now, on a slightly different note, and in a recent episode, I did have the pleasure of speaking to Alice Williams, who founded Luminary Bakery. Now, Alice identified an issue with the current support that's out there for domestic violence victims. That's the ongoing or lack of long-term support for a woman once she's decided to flee. By this, I mean securing a job, some financial independence, and of course, a home to go to. Her organisation trains and supports women with the end goal of getting them into employment. Now, you started as a refuge, but correct me if I'm wrong, you've developed into so much more. You're an empire of support and training. So can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, what we've done is listen to the uh, people that we support because that's our main job to mm. support uh, survivors and people um, being subjected to domestic abuse. Um, and that's the other side of my job, the setting up the social enterprises. And actually, we know Lumini Bakery uh, because we have got somebody that works there that uh, does occasionally do some training for us. Oh, brilliant. So we do actually work with uh, other social enterprises. That's what I like to do. Um, 
one of the things that um, potentially I am looking at going forward is around training and recruitment and whether we set up a social enterprise, which is a, a recruitment training company for that particular reason. I've also been speaking to um, some other social enterprises so that when we are supporting women and it's, it's this wraparound service that we're constantly trying to do as well not only are we supporting to get them into other accommodation but there is that financial independency mm. so that's where the social enterprises come in and because my um, main aim is to help whoever we're supporting have lives that the rest of us have so this is what we're trying to do with our social enterprises and looming breakery is absolutely a, a great place highly recommend their products as well they're very nice oh the brownies um, are absolutely delicious not aren't if they? yeah <laughs> not if you're on a diet don't ever have them um yeah so yes i mean social enterprises are a very important part uh for what we're doing We've set up a, one this year, a cleaning company, and people might come to us and may not want to be cleaners forever, but they may need to get into the workplace, set themselves up, look at building their confidence, their skills, all of those sorts of things. And then they may come to us and say, could you help us moving on to something else? And that will be absolutely fantastic because that will be the outcome we want. Mm, that's absolutely brilliant. You've gone ahead and done that yourselves, Tracy, setting up a cleaning company to benefit those who are already benefiting from the support you offer and maintain the accommodation you provide. It's genius um, and a very circular approach, actually, to all of this. Um, I did just want to talk about COVID, actually, and the shift towards more home-based working. Did you have to adapt your training? Definitely during that time within our training to organisations had to change things because obviously um, we were talking about working from home as well. Mm. So, you know, um, things that were maybe happening for uh, a victim uh, that was at, uh, was at home with their abuser was slightly different to them leaving and being able to go to work and have that as their safe space. Um, so we did change our training around looking at, you know, indicators around um, technology um, were they available a lot for appointments online um, was their internet working a lot um, was there always uh, somebody in the background their abuser perpetrator and this is what we've talked to a lot of um, employers about as well you know sometimes um um, if people previously work certain hours and now they're saying they can't come back to work or it needs to be part-time hours, we're not saying that he's always going to be domestic abuse, but has there been other signs during that lockdown period? Do you need to be asking them, you know, is there anything we can do to actually support you better? Mm, I suppose it's just making the support available for them when that person may be ready to come forward. It would be nice, wouldn't it, to wave a magic wand, but you just can't, can you? It is very difficult. Um, all the good people in the world will want to actually... Um, support and resolve and help and make things right for somebody um, and you can't do that or you shouldn't do that because this is about empowering somebody to make their own choices um, they will have been controlled at home in a lot of things that they do if they come and disclose to you and you try and control that situation on their behalf again you're actually doing something very similar to what they've um, mm. uh, gone through at home mm. Mm. 
No, that's really, really, that's really good. And I'm, I'm glad we actually talked about that because I think that's really important. I think a, a lot of people have really good intentions and they want to help and support, but as you said, can then take over or try to control what's happening and, and move people in a direction that perhaps they're not ready to go in. Yes. Someone listening, um, this struck a chord with them perhaps. Maybe they've been through some experiences themselves. They know someone going through it or they even could be an employer listening and wondering what to do next or how can they support you what's your advice right well if somebody feels that they may be going through domestic abuse I'd say you know reach out to one of the many organizations that are out there Um, as I say there's lots of organizations out there for everybody Uh, there's helplines out there for everybody our helpline is 24 7 helpline you can phone up you can chat we've got whatsapp there's an online chat as well and then let's just start having those conversations that are very important in as many areas of both workplaces and and in community organizations and with individuals as we can do brilliant thank you tracy that's fantastic okay no problem at all and if you're listening and you want to find out more about the work that Tracy's doing and a little bit more about Haven Wolverhampton, then be sure to follow the link in our show notes. If you enjoyed this week's episode, then remember to subscribe to us wherever you're listening. And always remember that you can check out our website, that's social-change.co.uk, then head for the teacup in the top right-hand corner to find out more about Tea with the Changemakers.